Welcome once again to our weekly edition of Pick and Pod. I am your host for this show, Reed Horner. Across from me, Charlie Maisano, and making his Pick and Pod debut. Yes. Nick DeLuca, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. Uh, can't wait to just talk some basketball. I haven't been on the show in a long time. Yeah, I know, and we almost didn't because I, I was irresponsible <laughs> and ran into the studio 20 minutes late, so let's make up for, I'll try to make up for my late my lateness. Um, a lot of things to talk about, obviously, we're going to get into Knicks and Nets later on in the show as both, actually, me and Charlie both cover the Knicks, and Nick watches them on TV. I, <laughs> not not, not, with not them there yet. yet. Not there not yet. Not there yet. Uh, but let's get into larger NBA pick, pictures. I mean, Charlie was talking to me early, and E-Man, our producer in the back, was talking to me about how just weird this NBA season is with teams like the Nuggets being looking like legit Kent contenders to the Houston Rockets, looking like they're the Sacramento Kings from last year. <laughs> what do you guys... Oh, also, the point of that it took... I mean, I think it, I find it ironic that it took LeBron leaving the East to make it look like it was actually... Like, it's actually a decent conference now. It's still top-heavy, but, like, what is going on with this NBA season, guys? Well, in terms of the Nuggets, I mean, I don't think that they're going to be able to keep up being the number one team in the West. People have been saying that throughout the season, and they've been able to maintain it. So we'll have to wait and see with them. But they've they've been hot. They've won seven in a row. They're averaging 110 points per game. They're 4-0 in their division, 10-4 and in the West. They're just rolling right now. And, I mean, Jamal Murray the other night scored 31 points career high against the Magic. Jokic is leading this team. They, they, he has great touch. They have a, a good man. coach in Mike Malone. So the sky, I think, I think the sky is a limit for the uh, for the Nuggets. I de- they'll definitely obviously make the playoffs after missing last year. But well, I guess the Warriors are definitely the favorite to win the West. So you think, I, I was going to yeah. ask you this: like, we, and I don't I, want people overreacting about the Nuggets. though. No, I know, but then I have found myself asking: Are we feeling like this just because they are the Denver Nuggets, and we've never really seen them seen them be legit title contenders? Like, what is going to cause them to fall off if they fall off? You know what I mean? Because they do seem to have a big man who's a great passer and scorer, Murray, who can score from the outside. For now, is it just that that maybe they don't have the superstar depth that when they face off against a team like the Warriors in the playoffs, they just can't go toe for toe? I think the star power plays when you get to the springtime, and they and only I, have in. I would say they only have one star. Yeah, I I'd agree with you, and I just look the. The start for the Warriors hasn't been great, but it hasn't been great by their standards. I think when the history has shown that the Warriors have struggled when Steph Curry has not played. So they're getting him back. He will be healthy. I Again, long way to go, so I have no reason to expect he wouldn't be healthy come playoff time. So I think that's the biggest thing. As long as those guys are healthy and you're going to add DeMarcus Cousins, um, I, I think they're still the favorite in the West, regardless of how well the Nuggets or anybody else, quite frankly, play. I was just about to say that Steph Curry's been miss, has missed a lot of time, but just he's, dropped forty two too. He's yeah. he, he's still averaging above thirty points a game, and seventeen and nine is not a bad start if you're any other team. It's just we're overlooking <laughs> it, overlooking it, considering they went seventy three and nine three years ago, and then they lost to the Cavs. They they came in second in the West last year. It doesn't matter where you finish in the regular season. The only thing that matters is winning the championship, and they've done that two years in a row. We talk about the Nuggets not being able to go far enough because of their lack of star power, yet a team like the Houston Rockets is one of the worst in the West, and they definitely have the star power. Uh, Regardless of how you feel about James Harden, I feel like he's a player who's an an all-time great, or at least a future Hall of Famer at this point, but still people have mixed feelings on him. What is going on in Houston? Like, I I, I have to feel that just defensively they're not there, but they have Clint Capella. 
Uh, P.J. Tucker, the best sneakerhead in the league. They got James Harden, who I think he's leading the league in turnovers, or at least like among amongst major players. I could get the number wrong, but it's around like six per game, which is, I think, a big deal. Usually, the the guys who handle the ball the most tend to also have the most turnovers, just of of as a result of of making the most decisions. But this is a team that are we looking at their coaching? With Mike D'Antoni, a team that's never really been great at defense, do we look at players like Chris Paul, who I think maybe is is getting into the latter part of their of their careers? And at six foot, how long do you expect him to be dominant? Like, what is going on in Houston? Because a year ago they were this close to making the NBA Finals, and now we don't even know if they're going to get a shot to go to the finals. Yeah, I just think uh, you mentioned it. Their defense has just been horrendous. Um, they, Carmelo Anthony is gone, so he, he can't be the excuse. I for hated this, that. I'm so glad Rockets they sucked team. for that reason, mm-hmm. right? Because like 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 they were trying to blame Carmelo, like he was the problem. Please, like the problem is none of you guys want to play defense, and you just want to shoot threes like you're playing pickup ball at the YMCA. Like that's what it is. Their statistics show. I just looked this up actually, and this was a bit surprising to me that they are a bit above league average defensively as far as the points that they're giving up per game. Now, that's not good. It's still 110, so it's not like they're playing stifling defense. <laughs> what an NBA but we live the in. Le- <laughs> the leader in defense is Indiana with 102, so it's not like they're playing – it's not good, but it's not atrocious defense. I think it's one of those things where James Harden just isn't able to sustain the level of play that we saw from him last year. It's not like he's having a bad year or playing poorly per se, but he was at an incredible, at an MVP-type level, had the MVP season last year. And I think when that drops off and you know Chris Paul is dealing with the injuries that he's dealt with and you lose Trevor Ariza, who I think was a huge part of the run that they had last year, you know sometimes you can't replicate the way you played a season ago, and it's been a struggle for them. So maybe they can get Chris Paul back on track and James Harden to play at an out-of-this-world level, but I think that's what contributed to their success more so than anything that might have been, say, sustainable over five years or and so. Stephen A. Smith made a pretty good point this morning on first take. The Suns are 4-21. and They're last in the NBA, not going anywhere. I mean, Trevor Ariza has a one, signed a one-year deal with the, with the Suns. He's, they're probably going to try and trade him. If you're Houston, mm-hmm. why not try and trade for him back? Oh, absolutely! I would be all over that if I. I don't know if them. he's. I I understand what you're saying though, and he could definitely help. But I don't know if he's he's that piece. Well, I think their problem is. Yeah, I'm yeah. very glad you pointed out that middle of the pack defensive rating. Although it is incredibly sad that nowadays 110 points per game is middle of the pack defensively. But when you, I, I, I and that's why I point out James Harden's uh, huge amount of turnovers earlier is that when you combine that middle of the pack defense with the turnover rate that this team has, mm-hmm. that is the recipe for disaster and all the threes in the world can't save you from that so looking forward it can't be just Trevor Ariza changes the team around what do they do do they change their offensive scheme completely you don't blow it up do you like what is going to happen because this team can't afford to be as bad as they are they just can't afford that well they're gonna have to look for another scapegoat Mello was the first scapegoat he was gone after 10 games and I think if they continue to struggle that scapegoat is going to be Mike D'Antoni. He's going to be without a job. He's lived his whole life, it feels like, as a scapegoat. <laughs> He's going to be without a job by the All-Star break if this team doesn't figure it out. And then who? But who do you replace him with? That's, that's what I always hate about professional sports is we're always so quick to get a guy out. But I usually like to not get a guy out unless I feel I have a sufficient replacement. Well, it's, they're, going to hire, they're going to hire an assistant coach as an interim, and then next year if they evaluate that their team is still good enough to compete in the West, then they go out and 
maybe get a big name coach. Whoever, I mean, you have, you have to see who gets fired this year. Mm-hmm. You got Frank Vogel still out there who was fired by Orlando this past season. He's unemployed right now, I think. This side note, this is why I hate the MVP award. For things like this. James Harden, you point out, won the MVP last year. How can you be an MVP and allow your team to be this bad? I haven't seen LeBron's teams be this bad since he was freaking having his first facial hair. I mean, real MVPs of this league don't allow their teams to be this bad. And I think the Rockets' performance this year and James Harden's performance should be all the proof you need to see that we don't give MVP awards out to the most valuable player of the league. We give them out to the the player who's having the best season and or hasn't won one yet. Because LeBron's not going to win again this year. And one could argue you got Joel Embiid, uh, Kawhi Leonard, who I picked to win at the beginning of the year. There are Giannis guys that win Kumbo it. is the favorite right mm-hmm. now. Giannis is going to, I think, most likely win it. But you look at all those other names I just named, those teams are good. Like, how can you be an MVP? I mean, I guess he's not winning. James Harden's not winning this year, but I just want to get that off my chest because it's Well, I think it's a, I think it's a year-to-year thing, and I agree with you. And maybe there are certainly debate, and I'm t- I tend to agree with you about LeBron James being as valuable as he was last I mean, look at where that team is now. But I, I think it is hard in some respects because you can't you can't separate the time aspect of it from the the season for the player because – yeah, it's easy to say, well, this year, you know, oh, the Rockets aren't good or James Harden's a one-year wonder or everything else. Not a one-year wonder. But it's just what I'm, he, what he I'm saying is, team. right, but what, or isn't an MVP every year. So, but I, I don't know that this year proves that he shouldn't have been the MVP last year. You, you know what I mean? No, it proves that they don't look for the right type of value in awarding it. Because Maybe. Or, if you're an MVP type player, you can't tell me you had one year and then the next year you can't have that same type of impact for your team. That's not an MVP. That's a player who's had a great season. Maybe, but I think LeBron James is skewed our understanding of what the MVP means because he might be the greatest player to ever play. I think the way they award it the, skewed it how we um, interpret maybe. it they don't give it to him every year. We, you say that, but yet how many times has he won it? Kobe barely won it when he was in his prime. Yeah, The NBA uses it as a marketing tool to, to, to push new young talent in their league. It, it, it's just simple like that. That's how I feel. I mean, and, and I mean, that's a side note compared to the Rockets. I think overall the Rockets are going to turn this around. I think that, Charlie, probably you're right in terms of them getting rid of Mike D'Antoni, but I do think near the end of the year they're going to get middle of the pack, maybe a fifth seed, and could be disruptive depending on how hot their offense is. Uh, so I don't want to freak out about that. But do we look at the West? Has the West taken a step back, you guys think, or is the East taking that much of a step forward? Because, yes, the Warriors aren't number one, but I think that they're going to be in the NBA Finals pretty much unless a team like LeBron's Lakers, who I still think could – Upset in the playoffs, uh, gets there. But look at the East. You got the you got the Bucks, Raptors, 76ers, I think are three teams that could really make it. The Celtics, if they turn it around, could be legit threats. So that's four teams, arguably, if you believe in the Pistons and their old school style of basketball, that's five. What what has been more significant? The East step forward in terms of quality of basketball teams, or the West step backwards in terms of them uh, not really having a clear cut favorite in their conference? Well, you could argue that the East is still in the same ways. I mean, two of the Bottom teams in the in the t- in the bottom se- uh, eight spots, seven and eight, are under 500 compared to the West, where all the teams in the top eight are above 500 and playing just better a better better ba- brand of basketball. Excuse me, but I-, I think the West is still better right now, even with the the teams in the East. You got Toronto. what about what about the top four? Top four of each you know, top three of each conference. You got in the East. You got the Raptors, Bucks, 76ers. Uh, 
two of which Giannis and Kawhi Leonard I think are favorites for the MVP, and you got the Nuggets, Thunder, and Clippers right now. You could switch out the Clippers for the Warriors. I yeah, think I was going to say, gonna I think that. it's clearly the East then, just because I don't think that this is where the standings will stay in the West. Right. Yeah, but then it, the one would answer, why is it not not like that now, right? I mean, I guess you're getting Steph, Steph Curry It's still out. too yeah. early. I mean, the Lakers could end up being in the top four at the end of the season. LeBron James, if he could bring the Cavs to the finals with the roster they had, I think that the Lakers could easily finish in the top four of the of the. Western I think they're going to get slept off on in the playoffs too. Side note: I think mm-hmm. the Lakers are a sneaky good team because obviously they have LeBron, but they just also have a team I think that's built for the playoffs, mm-hmm. a team that can score inside. And yes, they're not the greatest outside shooters, but they are improving in that aspect. And uh, a lot of other teams, like like LeBron leading his team to eight consecutive finals, I think is a big deal. When you go in the Western Conference, that's been dominated by one team. A lot of those other teams don't have significant championship experience and playoff basketball experience, which is a different type of game. So when you have LeBron leading a team that's young but talented, I think for the Lakers, and you and you add on to the Warriors having this dysfunction, taking a step back, I think a team like the Lakers could really sneak their way into the NBA Finals. And what a story that would be! Not going to happen. Not I I think I think it, I I wouldn't well, put my mortgage on it, but I no, would say I, it's a lot more likely than people giving it credit for. I would agree with you. You wouldn't put the mortgage on it, but I, I guess. At some point, you doubt LeBron James' ability time and time again, and yet he's been in – the last time he wasn't in the NBA Finals, I was in elementary school. So, you know, maybe. <laughs> maybe. And I agree with you. I certainly would pick the Warriors to beat the Lakers just from a sheer talented roster standpoint. But I think, school, I think elementary o- school. I so. think Oklahoma City has a better shot than the Lakers right now. The Lakers need to – if they want to make the Finals this year, they got to go out and trade for somebody. Whether that's a Bradley Beal who can stretch the floor and shoot, um, that's a good call. I don't, I don't think they're going to trade for a superstar because I think they're going to s- easily sign one in free agency. Maybe. But they definitely need to make a trade <laughs> well, in order to Kevin take Durant it, wouldn't say so. We actually ta- in order to make a step <laughs> forward. I actually got the, I actually got to interview Adrian Wojnarowski in our last episode of One on One. Go on WFUVSports.org if you want to check out that interview. Quick plug. But we asked him. No, Chris Calamari, another great. Uh, guy we have here at the station asked Woj does he think about the Lakers making a move before this trade deadline to exactly what you said Charlie he asked him about Bradley Beal maybe even a Clay Thompson and Woj said that he doesn't expect the Lakers to make any moves by the trade deadline hmm. and hmm. that if they do maybe it would be during the off the off season which I thought was interesting and telling uh, but then again, teams can change their mind real quick. But I want to move from the best teams in each conference to, to <laughs> one of the worst in the East. Let's go to the New York Knicks. As I said earlier, me and Charlie cover them, and it's been an exciting team. I always like to say that this New York Knicks team is the best bad team in the NBA because I watch them and they have some great stories. Of course, I'm on the I'm driving the Alonzo Trier bandwagon. <laughs> uh, Damian Dotson, I think KP when he comes back will be great. I love Mitchell Robinson, Trey Burke shown flashes of greatness. I mean, you could go on and on. Yeah, they have a lot of interesting. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. I think has cemented himself as a legit elite scorer in this league. Twenty two a game. Ennis Cantor, yeah, Ennis Cantor's putting up double-doubles on the bench, off the bench. Any, anywhere he wants to put up a double-double, he'll get a double-double. I mean, Charlie, I, I'm curious to ask you, what do you think about this Knicks team? I, I, I know they struggle with certain areas, but why are they this bad? Like, why can they not be a decent team in this Eastern Conference, which we've already established is very top-heavy? Just the youth. I mean, you have Kevin Knox, who was their first-round pick this year, who's Hasn't really found his footing in the league yet. Frank Nilakina still struggling a little bit. Um, he's been shooting. He's been shooting all right. It's just I don't. I don't think that um, three DNPs like just didn't play because the coach didn't put him in. Well, that's just. I guess that shows that he's still 
not ready to play significant minutes in this league. I just think they have to wait it out. Keep t- If I'm a Knicks fan, I keep wanting the tank so they can get Zion Williamson or a guy <laughs> like R.J. Barrett who can literally change the the culture, the just the winning way, change their franchise from a losing franchise to a winning franchise. Especially if they keep KP. If you get one of one or two of those guys. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. How do you feel, Nick, about this Knicks team? Uh, it's uh, the youth definitely shows when you watch them play, but they've got some promise, and I think that when KP is able to come back, that that's really when you can start to really try and evaluate where this team is at because as much as you want to do that right now, and it's valuable to watch how Trey Burke plays and Alonzo Trier and Kevin Knox, that's valuable. But I think it really, it's clear that this team is going to be built around KP, and until he comes back and you see how it functions when he's back, I don't know that a ton of valuation, because you look at, say, a guy like Tim Hardaway, I don't know that he's in the you know master plan here for the Knicks. Well, both of you guys keep saying when KP comes back, if I'm the Knicks, why even bring him back this year if you want to keep losing games to try and get a top five draft pick? I am so glad you I'm said that. I'm not saying you do that this year. So, yes, I agree with you. I'm so glad you said that because I have been hearing, and this is uh, our FUV inside, as much of an inside information <laughs> as we may get, is I've actually made a point of going around. And, and side note, anyone listening who, who's going to cover sports or wants to cover sports, the best, one of the best ways to get the inside information isn't necessarily asking the players or the ball boy, or whatever. It's talking to other reporters that may be bigger, may have bigger fish to fry. So they, so that some of the information they have may seem little to them, but big to you. Is I've heard KP is not happy with this Knicks team at all, and it is not a full, full sure thing he's going to sign with this team because the Knicks are playing around with his money. He feels like they're again, like you said, delaying him coming back because they don't want him to come back because they want this team to be bad as possible. But KP is also going to be looking for an extension. So if he doesn't get to play, the Knicks can then turn around. It's happened before and be like, hey, you know, you were hurt all last year. We're not going to give you the max. And KP's looking for the max. And I've heard Knicks fans saying they don't want to give him the max. So KP could actually be out. I don't think it's a possibility. Like, I don't think it's going to really no eventually way is happen. No out. No way is he out. But, uh, not again, right now. Not Knicks, where his value, his if, value would be coming off of the injury like as far has, as a trade it's not like or something he has, like that. The years or experience in the NBA to demand a trade. Like, look at Carl Anthony. No, no, Towns. his contract's going to be up. His yeah, rookie well, contract yeah, will be up. Yeah, he's going to be a yeah. restricted free agent, which means they can match any deal that he signs with. But he's getting the max. So, the, do the Knicks match with yes, the max? They're gonna, yes, they're going to ma- match it. Look at Carl Anthony I, Towns, who was quote unquote displeasured with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he gladly signed a massive extension with, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm with you on that. I just don't know if the Knicks... The Knicks have always made mistakes. I hope they do. But if they do, then you talk about Zion Williams, R.J. Barrett coming in. Uh, I was also talking before the show, I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast, which I still love after all these years. And he was, they were talking about how great... And side note, I have to admit, I was completely wrong. To any of you guys remember our like earlier pre-NBA draft podcast, I was just bashing Luka Doncic. I didn't think he was going to make it in the NBA, and I'm completely wrong. You know, I was just about to bring that up. He's going to be the rookie of the year this year. He's a special, special talent. Dallas is really lucky because he's right. he came in right in time for Dirk to pass in the torch. But on the Bill Simmons podcast, they were talking about a possible trade with the Knicks, as in the Knicks would get Wesley Matthews, who is a big contract, but it's expiring, meaning he'd be off the books in the offseason and, say, a second-round pick for Frank Nielakina and a Tim Hardaway Jr. Do we think that those type of moves are going to be worthy and then, say, the Knicks go for KD in the offseason to pair with KP? KD and KP? Come on, that's a, that's a tagline waiting to happen. Or do the Knicks try to hold on to everyone and see who just works out? I don't know. What do you guys think? 
Well, I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a is a very good scorer in this league, but I don't think he's a starting shooting guard on a championship level team. I was telling our own Vinny DeBellis early in the season when he was averaging thirty points a game, he'd be a great sixth man off the bench or a great just a good role player off the bench of a championship caliber team. So if you can get his contract off the books and then use that to sign a guy like KD or another big time free agent, I would do that. Do you come do you come to New York for KD though, Nick? If I'm KD, that's that's tough. Uh, if he's really displeasured with the Warriors and he doesn't, and he doesn't want to sign with yeah. the Lakers because he wants to be on his own team no, instead he, of being with LeBron, then I then think yeah, New York's why a not good option. Yeah, but New York. it's it's uh, I think you you sort of have to go down the rabbit hole of the way he thinks and and the way he values things. I mean, I, certainly, if you're asking me from my perspective, I love New York, so yeah, I would come play for the Knicks. But do you like New York? Do you like the media attention? He's a guy who's traditionally not had the greatest relationship with people in the media he gets a little bit testy will that work in new york will he be happy having to answer the tough questions that he'd have to answer or would he be sort of free because new york is just happy to have somebody who's a superstar that they haven't had since patrick ewing so i I don't know hey they had carmelo anthony before he right right before he became the shell of himself that is today sure but he's not not the level of of kevin durant right now side side note though the the new york media is the most overrated media in terms of it being quote-unquote tough there's nothing from what i've seen that's super tough about they they have got reed horner asking you questions that that might get under your skin no but i'm talking about when i'm in press conferences there's no questions that are any different than any other team i've seen in terms of of how hard baseball for baseball it is baseball maybe they are but i think the knicks have been so bad for so long that the New York media or fans, just like the fans are really, that they want this team to be so good so badly that I think they've, we've kind of fallen off in terms of Maybe. being a hard on this team because they haven't been good enough for us to be hard on them. You know, It could change once KD comes and they become a great team. That could be a possibility. But as of now, I don't think that KD should incorporate the the hard how hard the media would be in ter- to how, what his decision would be. Side note, I remember I was at a game recently and I was talking to... Um, I got the chance to talk to an agent of, oh, I'm not going to say who he was. He's a big-time M- uh, NBA superstar right now. His agent, I got to talk to him uh, before a game, and he was saying about how this guy would love to come play for New York, how a lot of players love to come play for New York just in terms of selling their shoes, the market. It really do- They really do see a, a bonus from coming to New York, and KD, I think, would be a guy that could really want to benefit from that. He's won his championships already. Why not even elevate your brand and possibly win a championship in New York? And then you're put back into the conversation of LeBron's, of Michael Jordan's, which I think he has the talent to do. He just seems to never have had the backbone to do it. Well, I think he has to leave Golden State to enter that conversation. Exactly. That's why I was so upset about him going. I still think he's arguably... I mean, LeBron, besides LeBron, I think he's the best player in this league. I just think he sold him his legacy out by going to Golden State. I don't know if he sold it out. He's got a couple championships, which, yeah, he which, sold are, it out. which are valuable. <laughs> he got a couple championships. He's got a 73-win a... team that beat them when they were up 3-1 in the playoffs before. If you guys are going to tear apart LeBron for what he did to Miami, Kevin Durant can never be talked about in the same conversation until he does what the all-time greats have done because that was so embarrassing. I've always been mad at him since mm-hmm. then because I think it was disgusting doing that. But I'm going to get myself worked up about that yeah. years later. <laughs> But, Charlie, am I off with all this? I mean, I, I don't think you're off. We just I think Nick fans are putting too much money in the bank that Kevin Durant will come there, will come to New York. Oh, you York. don't think it's likely? I'm not saying I don't think it's likely. I'm just saying don't put your eggs in one basket because if it doesn't happen, then it's going to be the same old Knicks and they're going to have to just start fresh 
with a with a top five draft pick or whoever they get in the draft, and just keep trying to get build through. Like look look what the Warriors did. They built through the draft, and they're the one of the they're one of the best teams in NBA history. Yeah, that is a good. It, point. It so you would rather the Knicks go for the draft? No, I'd obviously like them to get Kevin Durant. I'm just saying, if it doesn't happen, the Knicks have to have a backup plan and. If Kevin Durant doesn't come there, then why would other free agents want to? So the best course of action after that, my plan B, would be to build through the draft. Do you guys think KP being healthy and locked up would attract, be more likely, likely locked up as in a new contract, would be a lot more likely that play, team like big-time players would want to come? I think Brooklyn has a more of a, a draw than New York. You think? Because of the culture there. Their GM is actually—I'm I'm, I'm not bashing Scott Perry and Steve Mills, but I just think the rapport that— um, Brooklyn is getting with Kenny Atkinson at the helm and Sean Marks in the in the front office that players would want to play for a, a coach and a team like that. Uh, real quick before we get in the Nets, because that's a great segue. I'm going to ruin it right now. I forgot. I've heard also that the Nets are piling up talent to maybe make a trade for someone like John Wall, who's not having that would the greatest be pretty, time that would be pretty dumb. in Washington. You think that? That would be dumb. because he, He's still super athletic, a scorer. I know, star that could I, know Billy Re- star. I know Billy Reinhardt, who's our Nets beat reporter, would probably have a lot more insight and opinion on that, but I just think it would be dumb to trade your assets for John Wall. All right, so do you think you talk about the Nets being a? Uh, they'll finally they're gonna have their they're gonna have their first round pick for the first time in like five years. Why would you trade that? I, I don't think John Wall is the caliber caliber excuse me of player. He's he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, and maybe it hasn't gone as well this year for him, but it, it's not the contract that he has. The assets that Brooklyn would have to give up. I, I don't think it's worth it for him. As opposed to a level of a player like a Kevin Durant, somebody who's of higher. I will say, I will say this: I do trust Brooklyn's organization more than the Knicks right now. I feel that the Knicks have more talent overall on their roster, but that the Brooklyn Nets are a steadier franchise. They're being better run, and you talk about their GM. The uh, the front office is a big deal. I think that if I'm a superstar and I'm looking at the Brooklyn Nets or New York Knicks, while the New York Knicks are a much larger brand, and you'd want them to be the better team, I don't think Charlie's wrong in saying that the Nets could be a sleeper in terms of a team that attracts uh, a superstar to their organization in, in a somewhat like how the Miami Heat were back when LeBron took his talents to South Beach. I just, I look at the Nets now, and I have to be honest, I don't really ever watch them. I don't, they don't have necessarily the draw that they could have in the future. But Charlie talked about them having their first round draft pick for the first time in a while. If you're the Nets, do you actually kind of want to, be worse, tank, and if you get someone like Zion Williamson, you could be the all of a sudden the talk of the town in New York. Well, they've lost eight in a row, and a lot of people have been talking about on talking about them on Twitter how they're regressing when they should be improving. But do you want them to improve? No, if I'm a Nets fan, I wouldn't want them to improve because, like we, like I said, and like you just mentioned, first draft pick in a long time, you want to take advantage of that since you've missed out on so many good drafts. Yeah, I'm with you, Nick. What do you think about? Then that's should they work to improve, look for free agents, or maybe tank and get possibly Zion Williamson or RJ Barrett? Well, I think it's that important to get that level of player on your team. And if you don't think you can sign a, a player like that, or you're do you think they about can? That, if you're KD, if you're a superstar, do you go play for Brooklyn? No. Why not? Just because I, I don't think it's I, I think it's the Knicks. If I'm coming to New York, yeah. so it's more about the Knicks. And because not- I think it's more about it's more about the brand. If if Katie yeah. makes a decision to come to New York, it's more about the brand than it is huh. about the organization. There's no there's same no, thing, he doesn't like, strike same thing me like as LeBron. somebody who says, yeah, the the GM and the coach. Uh, I think he wants to go in there and he'll take the LeBron approach of well, I'm I'm really the top dog for here lower anyway. for lower end free agents who are still good, like a guy like 
Paul George, I know he's locked up with Oklahoma City. Like I feel like Brooklyn be would be a good fit for a player like his caliber, but for on the players of LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry's caliber, it's all about the brand. So it would it could have been like Le, like LeBron. Why would he choose the Lakers? He chose the Lakers over the Clippers because of the brand, because of the history. Devil's advocate, you're the guy and the greatest guy in Brooklyn that's history who can come and lead them to a championship. The entire borough doesn't will, will, that. will doesn't, embrace doesn't it. I don't think it's the them. same okay. thing. As... Just, just playing devil's advocate, guys. I'd still pay for the Knicks, too. Um, I believe that is all the time we have today, though. Any last points you guys want to make before we get going? Knicks-Nets game tomorrow night at uh, MSG should be... Tank Bowl. Yeah, should be a, a, a game of losing for both teams. Yes. If somehow, both I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, no, they're gonna they both, may, they'll find a way to both lose. They're going to both try and lose. <laughs> All right, well, that is Pick and Pod. We really appreciate you guys stopping by, and we'll see you next week here on WFUBSports.org.